Hello and welcome to Life Changes You podcast. Today I'm speaking to Firkin Dandia, who is in Canada, and we're going to talk about the issue of divorce. So, hello, Firkin, how are you? I'm really well. Thanks uh, for having me on here, Daniel. It's uh, been a pleasure to meet you and and honor to come on here and talk today. <laughs> so, um, I met you on Instagram, and uh, do you want to tell people about your Instagram page? And your pod- yeah, yeah. So my Instagram page is uh, Unoya Zen. Um, so I kind of started my page and podcast around the same time, which was in the fall uh, last year. Um, and my podcast is called Easy Conversations. Um, basically, the purpose of the podcast is to have uh, conversations that focus on men's mental health and normalize the difficult conversations that we've somehow uh, created this narrative that we can't have those conversations. So I'm trying to break that stigma and create a community of men where we can share our stories and be vulnerable. And how do you feel that um, men are about talking about their feelings? Um, I guess here in Australia, it's, uh, look, I would say more men are turning to therapy um, and especially since COVID. Before that, I don't think it was sort of an acceptable thing. Um, not that it's not acceptable to people I know, but in the mainstream, I think it, it makes them feel like they're not coping, that they're not masculine enough, uh, that they shouldn't need to talk about their feelings. So what have you found? Yeah. So I'm at an age where I want to talk about my feelings and um, I feel like some of my friends don't feel as comfortable um, either sharing their own feelings or hearing someone else, another man uh, talk about his Um, But like you said, I think it's, it is getting more common where, you know, because I've been um, talking about my own struggles, been really open, I feel my friends are also starting to open up and, and uh, getting comfortable sharing their own um, stories. So it is, um, it is getting better, for sure. I was listening to one of your podcasts either yesterday or the day before. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was from the UK. And he was saying that um, it was sort of like um, men were now realising that they could love another man as a friend and not be looked on as gay. And he said, look, there's nothing wrong with being gay. He's just not gay. But that was really a powerful statement that men can love each other and not be gay or in a relationship. Um, And I think that the world is turning that way, that you can hug your mate, you can give them a kiss on the cheek and say, I love you. And that's a really good thing. And that's really moving forward, isn't it? Because I guess in the 70s and 80s, it wasn't a thing you could do. But now maybe we've come to a time where we can do that and men can show their feelings towards each other. I guess bromance is a a word that's used a lot. Absolutely, yeah. And that was like the... uh so it was Alexander Cottle who was yeah. on my podcast and yeah, we were talking about indefinitely and, and I do try to push that uh, barrier as well. Um, so whether it's in person or group chats, I'll tell my friends, I'm like, I love you guys. And some of them yeah. will laugh it off and, but it doesn't change yeah. how I approach it. And um, I think it's more so their comfort level than mine. Um, but yeah, definitely, exactly. you know, bromance, like I've got, a few buddies that we check in on each other and make sure we're all doing well. 
Yeah, and look, I mean, even for you to just say to them, hey, I love you, and if they find it a bit funny, you know, that's still going to stick in their head and know that you care about them. And so maybe that will bring them around to thinking the same or saying the same to someone else. It's just pushing that barrier, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. So, look, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, yourself in what you're doing at the moment. So you, you've got a job, but you're also studying. Yeah, you so I'm studying, a, I'm doing a master's in psychology part-time. Um, it's funny because I'm an engineer by trade working in oil and gas and I'm wow. studying psychology uh, part-time. Uh, my long-term goal is to uh, have a practice, become a counsellor, but at the end of the day, it's really about helping people. Yeah, so I think for me, at the end of the day, my goal is to uh, help people. And, you know, in the past, I was volunteering and, and donating money, but I wasn't seeing the direct results of that. It wasn't tangible for me. And and with counseling, I'm hoping, yeah. like, if I can work directly with people one-on-one and make a difference in their lives, it would be more purposeful for me. Um, and, and what really pushed me into psychology and I know we're going to touch on it today was um, going through a divorce, dealing with adversity, being alone in it. Um, I started studying psychology, yeah. reading a lot of books, and it inspired me to uh, learn more about the subject. Look, it's uh, it's definitely it does make a huge difference if you're actually working with people and seeing the results and the change in them. Um, rather than, as you say, donating money, because with money, you don't know how much is actually going to the person you're donating it to, how much is going to CEOs and other stuff. And obviously they have, uh, they have their money that they have to spend out as well. But when you can do it direct and see the change, no, there's absolutely. nothing like it. I is mean, it? it makes a huge difference. Yeah. So today we are going to discuss your divorce and how you made it through. I mean, you don't have to go too personal, but if you just want to talk about um, what happened, I guess, from the divorce on and how you managed to keep yourself going and what you faced when that happens. I mean, I've been through a divorce too, so I know I've got a good idea of what you've gone through. It's uh, it's not easy. Um, so yeah, you, I you think tell ultimately, me. Um, and, and again, you know, there's obviously two sides of the story. There's, I'm not blaming anyone here. Um, but at the end of the day, I just wasn't happy in the marriage. I didn't feel like myself. And um, the biggest, I think at one point, I came at, at a crossroad where it was like, do I want to break my son's family apart or keep it together? And on the other end, um, if I keep my son's family together, am I giving him the best version of myself? And you know, in 30 years from now, when, yeah. you know, like I look back, do I want to be thinking about the fact that I robbed or deprived my son uh, out of the best version of myself? And that was kind of the tipping point for me where it was like, okay, so, you know, I think if, if I break this family apart and my son was going to ask me when he grows up, hey, dad, why did you do that? I'd be honestly be able to tell him that, hey, I did it because I wanted to be the best version of myself for you and for me and, and instill in him that courage of being able to make difficult choices for your happiness. And, and that wasn't modeled for me as a kid. And I didn't want to continue that cycle for my son. And along the way I made stupid choices, uh, a lot of mistakes and ultimately, you know, uh, came to a point where 
I was going through separation. I couldn't see my son as much as I'd like to. There was times where I didn't see him at all. And there was a lot of dark, dark days where, you know, I, um, I didn't have friends that I could trust. I didn't have family living close to me. I was living by myself. I, yeah, it was tough. Um, but at the end of the day, what kept me going was, it was my son and knowing that, you know, um, I did this for him. Uh, I did this for me, myself. And I want to be able to get through this, fight through this so I can, you know, I can be the best father I can be. Yeah. So when you said before that you didn't feel like you had friends that you could trust, were they friends that you had as a couple? So you were worried about whether, you know, information goes uh, There was part forwards. of that. And then the other part was, and I don't mean trust in the sense that I didn't trust that they would, uh, it was just, I didn't feel, I didn't trust them enough to be vulnerable. And that was more on me. Um, I didn't feel yeah. like I could speak about my feelings or what I was struggling with. Yeah. Uh, I just wasn't comfortable doing that. And I think that's what's inspired me to do the work I'm doing today is um, being able to change that narrative. And, and other men who are suffering don't have to suffer in silence because they're too scared uh, to look weak or um, they're, they're too scared to be vulnerable. Uh, so I want to change that narrative because I had that narrative for myself. And look, you're definitely right. I mean, I remember when I was going through divorce, um, there were a couple of friends that I would call all the time when I was upset, when I had a problem, when I didn't know how to work something through. And now in hindsight and listening to you, I realized that probably those friends were exhausted from me ringing up and saying, I don't know what to do. Where am I going? What shall I say? What shall I, where shall I, should I go to work? Should I, you know, and it is, it's almost like you look at it and you think, how can this be happening? And then mm -hmm. how do you deal with it? And there are a lot of emotions that come up and you doubt yourself as well, whether, was it my fault? Did I do the wrong thing? Have I not spent enough time with her? Blah, 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 blah. And in reality, it's just something that yeah, didn't work. Absolutely. And, and okay. I, I just want to elaborate on the thing you mentioned. I think part of the reason I also didn't want to keep calling my friends was for that same reason. In my head, I was like, what if they're like tired of listening to me and then they start ignoring me? And I felt like that yeah. would hurt more um, than so I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm just not going to expose myself and not take that risk of being hurt uh, by my friends if they if they couldn't be there for me. Um, the other thing culturally I want to touch on in my culture, like the Muslim culture and East Indian culture, divorce is frowned upon. And I didn't, uh, at least in the yeah. beginning, uh, in the early parts of the separation, I didn't feel complete support from family or, or my parents uh, until much later um, because in the, in the early stages, they were trying to like um, not convince me, but encourage me to go back because they didn't want to see their grandson, like yeah. my son's uh, family being torn apart or me being a divorced father yeah. with a child. Um, so that was the added pressure that I felt. And like you said, I constantly doubted myself uh, even though in my heart, I knew yeah. I was 
making the right choice. So that took a lot for you to actually walk away from that because you didn't just have the stress of what would impact your son, if, if anything, uh, the, the impact on your wife that you're leaving and also on your family and your culture. You know, so you had, you know, it, like for, from my point of view, I just had my wife that I was separating with, whereas you had another two big elements that you had to consider. So it was a lot of information to think through and a lot of, I guess a lot of determination to to get to where you are now because you realize that you weren't mm-hmm. going to have a lot of support Absolutely. And I that. think the biggest piece for me was the uh, humbling of my ego. Um, for me, yeah. and it's there's two facets to it. First of all, I remember in my 20s or late 20s, um, I used to judge people when they'd be struggling or they'd be going through a divorce. I'd be like, that will never be me. I will always figure it out. And that was such a humbling moment for me to go through it where I was like, you know what? There's situations that in life that happen where you have to make those choices. Um, Everyone's situation is different. Mine is different than probably yours in terms of why you went through divorce or my friends and everyone's situation is different. And it taught me so much about uh, judging others because I almost felt like, I got this huge realization. It was almost like karma in a way where it's like, you know, um, be humble. And that was a huge moment for me. The other um, impact to my ego was, you know, I've um, basically done well at everything I've taken on. I'm a high uh, performing person, high achiever, education, everything I've always done well. And then this, divorce was almost like a blemish on my record and I was so 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 ashamed of it that I wouldn't even want to talk about it and I'd go to work and pretend like things were fine yeah everything's okay I'm not talking about anything about my personal life or the turmoil I'm going through I just put on a brave face and I went to work I did the same thing around my friends um because I didn't want to accept that failure um and looking back now that uh, moment in my life inspired me to pivot and change so many things and become a better person through humility. Look, I agree with you. Um, At the time uh, I was devastated and I just thought, how am I going to go on? How am I going to continue with a life? But now 15 years later, my life has transformed and become something that I really love being and I'm really proud of who I am. Um, I think, look, age is an amazing thing. I I now look back in my 20s and I think, oh, yeah, that was really good what I did. Like I sold records, I did this, I did that. And I think, wow, they were really good. But we don't have the knowledge that we have as we age and when we've been through so many different situations that, I mean, if I was married now and I got divorced again, it would still be devastating and it would still be something I'd need to learn from. But as we age, we learn all these different things that actually assist us in a really, a really sort of calming way. And I don't know if I've said this to you before, but there's a a saying that I was reading this saying that said the problem for psychologists and counselors is they will always see a positive ending. So if you get cut off by someone uh, while you're driving, you'll go, Oh, I guess they had a bad morning. This happened, that happened. But I don't think it's a bad way to be 
because I, I rarely hang on to negativity nowadays. You know, I can usually let things go through within a day and go, okay, I don't need that anymore. When I was younger, I would hold on to that and go, oh, why did they do this to me? Why has this happened? You know, and you'd really, you know, overthink it to the point of exhausting yourself because you just, you couldn't think of anything else. Whereas now, you know, you, you have a situation that is a catastrophe, but usually within about two or three hours, you can actually see a different side to it. And you go, mm-hmm. actually, is mm-hmm. it really? I, I agree hundred percent. I think, you know, very similar as you describe yourself. I used to, I used to take things so personally where I would lose sleep at night and I'd be yeah. re replaying the situation over yeah. and over in my head. I'm like, <laughs> why did this person do this to me? Yeah. And, you know, again, going through these humbling moments in life where I realized that, you know what, I'm, just killing myself thinking about this one situation. Meanwhile, this other person probably doesn't even remember it. Yeah. (laughs) They've gone on with their life. They don't think about it at (laughs) all. Um, But I'm killing myself here. And, you know, just having that awareness and letting it go uh, has been a huge game changer for me uh, in my life and, and this journey I'm on. And I think from that, if anyone listening can pick that up and go with that is that whatever's happening to you, if you're having a bad day and you're walking through the supermarket and you feel like, I look terrible today, everybody's going to look at me. Just remember, probably out of the 99 people you're going to bump into, one person might glance at you, but they're busy with their own lives and what's going on at their house. And, you know, they don't care what you look like. So just be comfortable with who you are. And then the whole world is a lot different. You know, I used to wear, like, because of the fibro, I usually wear tracksuit pants because they're more comfortable. Jeans tend to make my legs hurt. But I've got used to wearing tracksuit pants around and no one says to me, oh, why don't you wear jeans anymore? Because they've just got used to me being in tracksuit pants. And that's good. But if I was to go, oh, you know, I should really wear jeans because these tracksuit pants look terrible. I'm thinking that, but they probably don't even care. They're going, I'm busy yeah. paying a bill or calling someone. Oh, yeah. People are so self-absorbed. Like the, the analogy you can even use is like if I've got a coffee stain on my pants, I'm obsessing over it. But if someone else had a coffee stain <laughs> on their pants, I may not even notice it. Or I may notice it and I'll be like, oh, that sucks. Poor yeah. guy, whatever. But that person is probably obsessing over it like yeah. I would. So we're just very yeah, self-absorbed yeah, yeah. people. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, it's, I've stopped caring what people think or say. Um, I, I do want, I mean, if something, if someone does something to me, I will give myself, you know, a few hours to, to kind of obsess about it or think about it and reflect on it and, and then kind of label the emotion I felt and move on. Yeah, because going back to what you were saying earlier, it's all a judgment, isn't it? on ourselves and if someone else is making a judgment on you and their judgment is irrelevant which nine times out of ten they are why are we spending so much time worrying about what they've said about us when we could just be thinking about new things or moving on with our life rather than sitting there for an hour overthinking it and going oh my god they said that who cares does it matter i mean look obviously some people are going to give you feedback where you go actually that's not a bad idea maybe i could change that maybe that will make me feel better but a lot of times, you know, uh, look, I'm lucky. Most of my friends are non-judgmental. I have had with my mum that because she's got Parkinson, she worries about what people will think of her when she's out, what, what they'll think is wrong with her, why she's shaking. And I say, mum, look, your life 
you've got one life. Do you really care what those people think? Most people would probably feel compassion towards you and go, look at how strong that woman is going out. She's obviously got something wrong with her, an illness, but she's still pushing through the day. And you're sitting at home going, oh, they'll think that there's something wrong with me because I'm shaking. It's two different ways to think of it, isn't it? Yes, there might be some people who go, oh, look at that funny lady shaking. And other people going, wow, good luck to her. She's out enjoying her day. I agree. Um, It's all about perspective and how you reframe. And one of the biggest things I learned through therapy, going for therapy myself was uh, the act of reframing, you know, again, and going back to the whole divorce, I did feel judgment from people, I did feel them criticizing me behind my back, or even to my face. But at the end of the day, I wasn't going to ask these people for advice. Um, At the end of the day, they weren't in my shoes, they didn't live a day in my shoes. So they have no idea what I was dealing with how I dealt with it. Um, So to me, I was like, you know what, until you're in my situation, you don't know. And I was one of those people too. Like I said, in my late twenties, early twenties, I was judging people too, without even knowing what they were dealing with. And and that's a learned behavior, isn't it? I mean, we learn that from being young because when we're first at school, we're learned to, uh, package things into boxes so it's yellow all together or green all together or the trucks all together the cars all together and so if someone does something that doesn't fit with what goes on in your head you go oh why are they doing that well it's nothing to do with us why, why they're doing that they have their reason it might be right it might be wrong but if we judge them where are we judging them from from what we've learned at school how to box things up no not it at makes all. no sense does it yeah i think <laughs> You know, like, like I said, I think the, the experience changed me. Like you said, it, it was transformational and um, like just changing my attitude and perspective on things allowed me to get through it. And I guess you also found out who the people around you were that supported you unconditionally whether they thought it was right or wrong. They just went, hey, mate, come here. Give me a hug. You can get through this. You're doing okay. Um, and, you know, they might be someone who is, yay, must stay married. But those are the people who can see both sides of the coin and they can go, look, this person needs some help, some reassurance, and it doesn't ma- matter what my judgment mm-hmm. is. Yeah, let's for help sure. Um, I mean, in my case, unfortunately, I didn't have a lot of people like that. Uh, so I had to basically right. change my social circle um, and, and bring people into my life yeah. that I could – uh, that did encourage me and, and I could trust and open up to. So that was a really hard moment then, wasn't it? Because you were not only dealing with the three different things about your divorce, your son, your wife and your family, you're also having to create a new uh, friendship group, a new peer group. Um, and that's harder as you get older, isn't it? You know, in your 20s, you seem to just, people just pop up and you're like, oh, wow, I've got a new friend, I've got a new friend. And as you get older and older, you go, oh, where are my friends? I mean, now you you do have a good social group and so do I. But, you know, there are people out there around my age group probably who have only had one or two friends. And if they have an argument with them, then they don't have any friends. And how do they reconnect? Yeah, I mean, that's, and I've been in those situations and, um you know, I've to a point where I realized that I am comfortable being friends with less people um, and, and having more acquaintances. Yep. Um, I think for me, it's about also quality time. 
and and the friends that I connect with, I enjoy having conversation with them. I enjoy learning from them. Um, I enjoy engaging with them. The way I looked at it, there's people with negative energy in my life and there was people with positive energy. Yep. And I knew one of the ways for me to get out of this situation or experience in my life was to surround myself with positivity. And that was the biggest um, kind of motivator for me to change my social circle as well. And now I'm at a point where if there are people that are sucking my energy, I just remove myself or I limit yep. my time in terms of how much t of my time I give them. And that's, I'm okay with that. Yep. I'm okay with that. Like, you know, like there's, like I said, yep. my close friends, um, we, we challenge each other. We uh, educate each other and we, um, we encourage each other to be the best versions of ourselves. And that's good, isn't it? I mean, look, to, to have friends that you can catch up with, uh, look, I've got friends and I might not even speak to on the phone for six months. But then when I do, it's mm -hmm. almost like we spoke last week. And, and they're the sort of friends you want that you don't have to be living in each other's pockets. Because I don't know about you, but as I've got older, I prefer to spend more time on my own when I get home from work and just sit down, relax, read a book, listen to a podcast, watch a TV show mm -hmm. with my dog, have dinner and just chill out rather than having to constantly go out like I, I used to like watching those American shows I don't know uh, <laughs> I don't even know if it's before your time but there was one called The Practice which was about yeah. a, a group of lawyers and every day they finished work they went to the pub you know or an inn and had drinks and stayed till 11 and 12 o'clock at night and then went home to bed probably made love all night and then got up for work the next day and I used to think then yeah god how do they do all that <laughs> Americans must have some stamina. <laughs> no, I, I, I think you're right. I think, um, I mean, for me, it's important to also have that alone time where I can process my day, uh, reflect on the things I did. Like there are certain things I may do during the day that I'm not proud of. Uh, so it's important for me to take that, put that time aside and reflect and really focus on how can I do better next time if a situation like that arises. Um, and, and set goals for every day. Yeah. Like one of the things I was trying to do every day was um, just do something kind for another person, like a stranger. Um, and it could even be the person yeah. who was making my coffee at the coffee shop, just asking them how their day is going and watching them just light up yeah. and have this big smile on their face because I'm probably one of a handful of people who asked them how their day was going because most people are just in a rush to get the coffee Definitely. and leave. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They rush in, ask for the coffee, pay for it and leave. They don't usually even say hello or goodbye. They're just, here's my coffee, here's my money, off. But then that then takes us back to being a counsellor or a psychologist where you go, well, I wonder what was yeah. going on in their yeah. day that day. <laughs> yeah. But that's all it takes, isn't it, is a, is a small gesture to make that person feel better and then they feel better about the next customer who might be someone who runs in and runs out and then the next one could be like you again that comes in and says, hello, how are you? And I, I thought during COVID that we became a lot more happy 
to talk to people. The only problem was with a mask on, people couldn't see if you were smiling at them or poking your tongue out or anything, you know, and over here now we don't wear masks unless we're on public transport. I went into a shop yesterday and I said to the lady, wow, it's so good to see you and see you smiling. And she said, not a lot of people come in here and smile or talk. And I said, oh, look, they've probably got lots of other things on in their lives, you know, going back to a psychologist counsellor. Um, and she goes, oh, I hadn't thought of that. She goes, but it's nice to see you smile. And I said, well, it's nice to see you smile too. I'm glad we're not wearing masks anymore. And yet those little interactions can make a huge difference for people, especially if, as she's saying, everybody coming in is looking grumpy. You know, you must feel like, oh, yeah. God, I just want the day to finish. And then someone comes in and says hello. Yeah, and you think, yeah oh, I agree actually, 100%. So bad. Yeah. And it's those little things, like you said, that not only bring joy to people's lives, but it, for me, it, it gives me a purpose to that. You know what? I, I made someone smile just through a very simple gesture. Exactly. And you go away from that interaction feeling better about yourself because you feel like, well, you know, that was nice mm-hmm. to have that I small agree. interaction. We all need human contact, whether it's talking, hugging, smiling. You know, I, I think over the years, decades, it's become more normal to just walk past someone without even smiling and if you do smile you usually get a look like oh my god why are they smiling at me probably two or three months ago I was down by the beach and I just sat on a chair I was out for a walk and there was a lady just sitting there too and I said hi how are you and she sort of looked at me as if to say what do you want and I said it's okay I'm just sitting down I've just had a walk I just thought I might have a chat with you and she was like oh okay and we had a chat for about half an hour I'll never see her again, but that's okay. We had a good chat. I learned stuff about her. She learned stuff about me, but I don't think we do that enough because we're in a society where we're almost taught to fear everybody around us. So if we sit down and start talking to someone, their their immediate reaction is, oh my God, what do they want? Do they want money? Are they going to well, attack me? You know? And it would Yeah. Be good and if I think the biggest problem it. also with that is our phones and our devices. Like when we do sit down, we're glued to our phone yeah. And, you know, someone can walk by, you may not even notice. Um, And, you know, I quite often see even like in the park, people sitting down and everyone's glued to their phone. Um, But nobody's talking to each other or acknowledging each other. Yeah, look, I had a podcast last year with a guy who said when they go out for dinner, what they do is they all put their phones in the middle of the table. Well, the first one to pick up their phone has to pay the bill for everybody. And he said it made it that nobody would pick up their phone. We all interacted. And at the end, we all picked up our own phones and paid our own bill. He said, but it was otherwise you'd be sitting there and go, oh, I've just got to make this call. I've just got to send this text. Oh, I just need to check Facebook. Oh, I just need to check Instagram. And that's how their lives became. And there was a really funny little video. I think it was on Instagram. I don't know if you've seen it. But it was of a young guy riding along on his bike not holding onto the handlebars, sending a text and there's a truck in front of him pulled up and he goes whack straight into it and then looks at the van as if like, what are you doing there? Well, you yeah, shouldn't be looking yeah, at your I phone, agree. should yeah. you? It's, it's, it's <laughs> almost like blaming the, the, the truck yeah, driver for putting crazy. his truck there. Um, but I think, like you said, the human connection is so important and fortunately with the devices, I'm guilty of it too. Quite often I'm just, whether it's sending an email or just on Instagram and I'll just keep walking and not pay attention. So it is a, it is a conscious effort to remind myself to, to just pay attention, not only to people around me, but even like the trees or the streets. Yes. yes. And being mindful. 
Look, I must admit, sometimes I find the phone handy if I'm walking past a shop in a shopping centre and I know people working there and I just think, oh, I've got to get in and get out quickly. So I quickly put it on my phone and pretend I'm reading something. And I'm even doing the head nods like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. And I'm not even looking at anything, but I just want them to think that I'm looking at my phone. Yeah, it could work either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so where do you see yourself in five years time? Well, I mean, that's, uh, there's so much that I want to do. Um, I think for me in five years, I want to be in a place where, like I said, I'm helping people, um, at any sort of capacity, whether it's working directly with people, um, helping them through life struggles, sharing my own stories. But, uh, that's kind of my goal. Um, you know, uh, hopefully I've, I've finished school at that point and, and I'm working as a, uh, as a counselor and, uh, working directly with people. Um, it's, it's being able to have these conversations like the one we're having, I'm hoping that enables other people, empowers other people to feel courageous, to, to speak up and talk about their own stories. And if we can create, a community like that of people where they're just open about sharing their stories, it make a huge difference. And today I made a post on Instagram because it was really relevant for me, but you know, you can ease your pain by talking about it. The more you talk about it, the more it becomes normal and the, the more you accept it. And as I mentioned earlier with my divorce, I didn't talk about it enough. So it was like this black box that I was hiding and and until I didn't yeah. accept it and keep talking about it and normalize it, it was it didn't become normal for me. So I'm hoping other people yeah. can do that as well, and and I hope I can be a champion for that. And if it's even one or two lives I touch, I'm I feel like I've made a difference in the the grand scheme of things. Yeah, look, you're so right. You're so right. And um, what I love about doing these podcasts is when I first started, it was like, let's talk to normal people about their lives, find out about what inspired them. And I still go by that. I think that's amazing. But the further I've got into talking to different people and guests that came on originally and have come back, I've really learned to listen and to understand someone else's story. And I learn so much from every podcast I record. And it might be a small thing or a big thing, But every time you talk to someone, and I think when you do a podcast or when we're recording like this on Zoom, you are more intensely listening, you know, because, well, we're producing a podcast for other people to listen to, but you really listen to what the other person's saying. And it creates a really good communication stream for other people to listen to and say, actually, it's okay to say, like we said earlier, to say to a man, I love you, you know, and not be seen as being gay, but I love you. I support you. I'm here for you with your divorce. You know, I've learned now about how the struggle you went through in those three different things, especially with your son, um, you know, and having to make such an important decision with a big impact, you know, because for you, it could have gone anyway, you know, not just right or wrong. There's so many shades in between black and white and, you still took that chance and you still worked with it and you've made it work. So for people listening who are considering divorce, have divorced, have divorced 10 years ago, you know, they'll take something from that, which empowers them to feel that, yes, I did make the right decision or if they were left, well, yes, that happened, but there is, 
there is somewhere else to go. It's not that this is the end and, you know, I need to shut myself away because everybody's talking about me or, you know, don't. we've learned from this conversation is that don't worry about what people say. Who are they to judge you? You should just go with what you feel big decisions like yours can have huge changes on your life in a positive way. So there's lots of things that have come out of this that someone listening might go, wow, actually, yeah, that's right. This person, Firkin, has gone through such a hard time and such an important decision, but he's made it through and he's here now and he's talking about it to help other people, which is, it's, it's an amazing thing that you, you can talk about it so openly so that other people can grab something from it. Like you say, you know, if people are struggling and it doesn't have to be divorce, it could be any uh, tough life decision that they're kind of facing and they're struggling with, whether it could yeah. be work related, uh, family related, you know, relationship related. I think, you know, it's being able to make those tough choices. Uh, One of the things that I've also that have worked for me now, looking back is having that belief that I will get through this. And there's something positive waiting for me. And not attaching myself to what level of positivity, you know, like if it's like, oh, if I didn't win a million dollars, this was not good enough. This was not worth it. But just uh, telling yourself that, you know, I am going to be better for it. And it could be anything. You don't know what it is. And, you know, some days uh, you may get rewarded right away. And some days you're just going to have to claw your way out of it and, you know, move yourself towards that light. Um, and, And it may take a really long time. Like I remember going through the whole separation process. I'm like, when is this going to end? And it felt like, yeah, at that time, it felt like I'd been through it. I've been, I had been going through it for a decade and and looking back, you know, now yeah. it wasn't that long of a time, but it's just because of the adversity, it felt like a long time, but my, I constantly reminded myself yeah. that, you know, this is not my forever. I am going to be better for it. And there's something positive there waiting for me. And I didn't know what it was. And looking back, I think it was just this transformation. And had I not gone through that experience, I wouldn't have been able to experience that humility um, or been able to be more vulnerable or figure out how I'm going to help other people. Yeah. And I like what you just said about, you know, it doesn't have to be a million dollars. You know, we can do things in our lives. And I think sometimes younger people feel like, Anything they do, they need a pat on the back to say, well done you, you did such a good job. And when you realise that you don't need that every day, that the small things you do do make changes, um, you become a lot more accepting of yourself and a lot more honest with yourself that I don't need recognition, I just need to know that what I did was the best I could do. And there's lots of things I do at the end of the day and I go, oh, wow, wouldn't that have been good if someone saw me do that? You know, But it doesn't matter because I know I've done something that was good. And hopefully that's changed someone around yeah, me. Yeah, and, and you know, the other thing is on the flip side, often you're going to make choices or decisions in life and you're going to fall flat on your face. Um, and that's happened to me many times. And, yeah. you know, again, those are the humbling moments. But at the same time, it's recognizing that, okay, sitting there and saying, what did I learn from that? And if you're not taking the lessons, then you're yeah. going to continue to make the same mistakes and, you're going to sit there and blame others 
um, and not look inward. And that's important yeah. too. Not all decisions are going to lead to favorable outcomes, but they're going to lead to lessons. And that is in itself also a positive because you're getting a lesson for free. Yeah. And I like what you say there because I've got on my wall at work, there are no mistakes, only lessons. And the other one I like to use is it's not a mistake. It's your learning curve so that people don't go, Oh no, I've made a mistake. No, you've learned something from it. Take it apart, take the best bit from it and then work on that bit because everything we do has so many different strands in it that if it goes wrong, you go, okay, I'll take this strand out. How does this work for me and make that work for you? Because everything can work. It's just working it out in your brain of the best way to do it. And it might be that it takes you five years to get to that. When you actually get to the end of something, when you get to your end point, it's satisfying, but it's all those little challenges that that work up to that, that you look at and you go, wow, I did that. Oh, wow. I didn't know I could do that. And then the next one is a wow factor, you know, because all those little things get you to this point. But by the time you get to that point, that goal that you've always wanted to get to, you've realized that there's so many other things you want to add to that. So as long as we continue to learn, we're always going to have big goals, big dreams, and we're always going to start accomplishing our goals that were big become smaller goals and there's a bigger goal ahead of it. And I don't want to frighten people by thinking, oh, my God, so is my life full of goals. We have to keep changing and adapting. And if we don't, we just stagnate. And then that's when things go wrong in your life because you're just there going, oh, my life's terrible. Always set a few goals, small ones, make them bigger, change them, yeah, adapt and, them, and make them you work know, for you. Be kind, um, be kind and, and like forgiving and have grace for yourself because, you know, no one's handed you a manual yep. to read through and, and, and go through life. Like the, <laughs> the analogy I use is <clears throat> Ikea furniture comes with manuals and we still screw it up. Right. So <laughs> is that because we don't read so, the manual? <laughs> we think we know better. Mean, like there's been times I've read the manual and I put it on backwards and I'm like, Oh, okay. So have that, you know, grace for yourself yeah. that in life you're just figuring it out. And you know, there's that you, there's going to be things that you may not get right the first time and that's okay. Yeah. I like that analogy about Ikea furniture because I don't think I've ever put anything together from Ikea without saying, I know how to do this first and then having to go back to the manual to try and work out how to do it. I actually, uh, a friend of mine bought a cabinet from someone which was all written in Chinese. So I rung the person to ask them how to put it together and they spoke very poor English, like almost Chinese. And they're telling me what to do. And I'm like, I don't even know what they're telling me. So in the end we got it together, but, a thing that was supposed to take an hour took five and a half hours to put together. And I said to my friend otherwise, afterwards, don't ever ask me to put any furniture together for you again yeah. because it's a nightmare. But that's I did do life. it. So that's, that's life that's, too, right? That's the goal. You, you may think something's going to, yeah. you're going to uh, get the positive outcome you're looking for and it may not come or, or it may take a while. And, and that's, uh, you know, coming back full circle, that was kind of what kept me going through that process of uh, divorce was just reminding myself every day that, you know what, this is going to be worth it. And yeah, it sucks right now. It really sucks. And I would take those days where I'd just be miserable and, and sad about how things were going, but I didn't sit in it forever. Um, It was giving myself a day or two at the most, but then getting back on that train of reminding myself that, you know, I am going to be, better for this. I am going to learn so much about myself 
and this is all going to work out in the end. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think we should wrap it up there. Do you want to give your handle on Instagram again so that people know where to find you? Because you always have uh, interesting yeah, things. Thank you. Put up um, each day. So yeah, my Instagram is you know Zen. It's E U N O I A Z E N. So it's it is a bit mouthful, but yeah. And where can people so find your podcast? So my podcast is available on all platforms. Uh, so the you know obviously the main ones are Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but Easy Conversations. So that's E Z uh, Conversations. Um, yeah, I've been like I said super fortunate to have amazing guests come on there like yourself daniel and and share their stories i've listened to three of them so far i listened to alexander the other day i listened to a girl um or a girl a lady who spoke about absent fathers that was really interesting and then i listened to it was a friend of yours from 20 years ago finance yes finance the engineer yeah 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 no, well, there I you go. I have been listening. Support. And like I said, I've been, uh, you know, I, I feel truly grateful for, because um, most of the people that have come on my podcast, like yourself, I've met them through Instagram and they're in different parts of the world. And, you know, they've trusted me enough to share their stories and, and come and talk on there. So, you know, again, uh, really grateful. And, and I want to thank you, Daniel. I think you're doing amazing work um you know and the stories you're sharing and you're and what i enjoy the most is waking up in the morning uh not checking my phone first thing but when i do get on my phone and uh, get on instagram seeing posts from you and they're always full of positivity and encouragement so you know i i do appreciate that about you as well Instagram is great for that, isn't it? I mean, I, yeah, I read other people's positive things and I think to myself, wow, why didn't I think of that? Oh, well, that's such a positive thing. But it's great to see so many people out there being positive and not so much, well, look, my feed is probably all just positive people and counsellors and psychologists. Um, so it's good to see that there's so many people getting into positivity and positive thoughts and positive affirmations Everything like that. And I was saying to my mum, I think I might have told you this on your podcast, that now I find it really hard to have a negative thought because I'm putting so many positive thoughts out there that my brain is always just thinking positively. And yeah, that's not a yeah, bad thing. I agree that's a great 100%. thing. It's, it's so important to have that mindset. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think it's amazing everything you've been sharing. And um, it's, it's the positivity is contagious. So I do appreciate that. Um, it's been, it's been amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we'll leave it there. So thank you so much. It was great talking to you. That was a great conversation. And, uh, I think we nearly hit an hour, didn't we? We had a few technical hitches in the beginning, but we got through those to get a great podcast out. So thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you for being patient with the, uh, technical difficulties. (laughs) That's okay. Well, that was another episode of life changes you. If you want to contact us, we're available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we also have a website, lifechangesyou.com.au. So until next time, take care of each other, and thanks for listening.